Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so happy to be back with another episode from my monthly installment for 2022 where I'm going through all the chapters of my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. It is September and that means we are to chapter 10 and this is a fun chapter. It's called Body Wise and it's all about physical health and hygiene. Now, some of you know that my background, my husband and my backgrounds, both of us are in the area of um, health, fitness, and medicine. My husband is a hospital doctor, and I studied sports medicine at Pepperdine University, and then I went on to physical therapy school, was getting my master's degree when I met Dave, and he was going to start medical school. So I didn't finish that degree, but I did get a teacher license specializing in health and PE. And then I went on to spend most of my life teaching fitness classes, being a personal trainer, and we just love everything related to sports, health, um, taking care of ourselves in a balanced way. And so this chapter was a really fun one to get to include in the book because as I thought about our boys and some of the things that may be unique about our family, um, I realized that we do put a great emphasis and priority on our kids' um, health, their mental health, their emotional health, their spiritual health. Uh, well, I cover all of that in this book, but this chapter specifically is about their physical health and raising sons who are physically healthy. What does that look like? And in a way, it seems so obvious, but I also think it's easy to take for granted or overlook it. I think in the busyness of raising kids, sometimes we're like, we just want them to eat. We don't really care what they eat. Just get some food in you. Um, 
you know, things like sleep, we can kind of forget how important it is. We can overlook dental hygiene. I mean, all the different things. I know one of my sons has had a little bit more dental work than others. And I think back, I'm like, ah, he's the one that I often soothed with a lollipop or something sweet when he was little, more juice than the others. And so it's a big responsibility. Well, I, here I go. I'm talking um, when really what I want to do is I want to draw from the book. I want to share highlights from the chapter, and I'm going to get into all those things that I just naturally want to talk about. So before I dive into this chapter, I just want to thank you for hanging in there with me. At the end of each month of this year, I've been going over these chapters, and I've had such great feedback from you guys. So thank you so much for that. Also, as I'm sharing this, this is coming out at the very end of September, and I just about a week and a half ago kicked off a book study on Boy Mom. So if for some reason you didn't catch that, you haven't signed up, please check show notes. I'll have a link where you are still welcome and invited uh, to jump in and join this online study of my book, Boy Mom. It's free. It's real simple, keeping it very casual, but I think it's a fun way to go through these chapters together. So maybe you want to grab a friend or a group of friends and just jump in from where we are right now, and then you can catch up on the previous chapters later or however you want to do it. Just do it. Everything's more fun with a friend, and I'm here for you even if you just go through it with me. So be sure to check show notes for that. Also, just want to thank you again. If you have not subscribed or now, I think we call it followed this podcast, when you're right there in your app, you can just click, I think it's like the plus sign, and that's how you follow. That means it's going to download each week when a new episode comes, so you never have to go searching for them. Uh, also, if you haven't left a rating or review yet, those mean the world to me, and they are really how more people find this podcast. So if you can scroll down right there also on your phone, hit those five stars, or leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom podcast, that would mean so much to me. Okay, now I'm excited to jump in. What I do here is I usually read the opening of the chapter, and then I just kind of grab a few highlights, hoping that you can get your hands on your own copy of Boy Mom. Remember, there is a digital kind of Kindle version, as well as paperback, and there is also an audible version available, and yes, it's me reading the book, so it's super fun. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, end of chapter kind of bonuses where I share lists and printables, and those are always available in show notes each week that I do this. I make sure to give you a link to whatever I offered in that chapter. So big bonuses here. Okay, let's dive into body-wise, physical health and hygiene. And the quote I share at the beginning is from Jim Rohn. It says, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Pretty profound, right? <laughs> I love that short and sweet one, but so true. Well, this is how I begin my chapter. I tend to slip into my imagination at times. I catch myself daydreaming about li what life will be like 10 to 20 years down the road. Okay, anybody else do that? I'm just curious. Well, this happens more often around the holidays when I can't help but picture my dining room table surrounded by my sons and their future wives and kids. In my mind, it's a lovely scene. My boys are all happy and the grandkids are darling. Dave and I are happy and fulfilled too. And though we may be 70, magically we haven't aged a bit. <laughs> I can dream anyway. Well, the truth is, of course, we all do age. When my sons gather around the table one day, I'll be an older woman 
and they'll be grown men. Eventually, they will be middle-aged men, as hard as that is to imagine. By then, they may have rounded out a bit, and their thick boyish hair may be thinning, graying, or gone. It's crazy, but true. I encourage you to join me in this little imagination exercise. It's good for our perspective. In the midst of the daily grind of parenting, we can lose sight of the fact that we are raising our boys to become men one day, men made up of body, mind, and spirit. Given that reality, we might ask ourselves, if our sons continue down the path they're on, how healthy will they be as adults? Will they be physically healthy? Or, like most Americans, overweight and on a variety of medications to manage their health? Will they live balanced lives? getting adequate sleep and exercise? Will they know how to handle stress when it comes? Will they be emotionally stable and socially connected? This may sound like a heavy load to ponder, but the overall health and well-being of your adult and middle-aged son begins now. And though there is no guarantee he will make good choices as an adult, the values he learns from you can absolutely lay a foundation for the lifestyle he one day chooses. Of course, DNA plays a role. Your son won't be able to choose his height or how much hair he will have as an adult. He can't choose his genetic makeup or some parts of his personality. Yet a whole lot about your son's future self lies within his control. Regardless of his genetic makeup, his choices in nutrition and exercise will determine much of his physical health. His ability to manage stress and get along with others will be his personal responsibility. He'll make decisions about everything from sleep to substance use, from his work life to his social involvement. The choices your son makes about all these things will determine the life he one day calls his own. So with all that in mind, it makes sense to put a high priority on raising a son who is healthy, both inside and out, and equipped to live that way for a lifetime. Now, I mentioned earlier that health really is more than physical health. And in this book, I wanted to cover emotional health as well as physical and spiritual health. And chapter four of Boy Mom, which I believe we covered at the end of March, I'll try to link to that in show notes, but that was all about um, raising um, a son of faith, introducing the gospel message, and raising a child who knows, um, has an opportunity to come to know the Lord. Uh, And then we're going to talk about emotional health in the next chapter, chapter 11, which will be at the end of October. But for right now, this chapter really is focusing on physical health. So we're going to talk just a little bit. I'm going to pull a few highlights from the sections in this chapter, beginning with healthy eating, which sounds so obvious, right? But it isn't always so obvious. Uh, The food we provide and permit in our kid's childhood is undeniably important. I say here, I did a little math, it may not be exact, but a parent will provide more than 20,000 meals and even more snacks for her son by the time he finishes high school. That is a lot of food. You know, we've we've been hearing for many years about the problem of obesity, especially in America. And according to the Heart Foundation, about one in three American kids and teens are overweight or obese. And studies show that these children are more prone to low self-esteem, negative body image, and depression. We see kids today with health issues that we used to think of as adult diseases, things like high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, and high cholesterol. We're seeing those more and more in children. And every one of these health issues stems from the food we put into our bodies or, in the case of parenting, that we put into our children's bodies. Now, 
This is a complicated problem, and I know that genetics play a role in everyone's body type, but certainly um, if you look around at any public place, you're going to see that unhealthy food, fast food, junk food is available, it's pretty cheap, and it's definitely addicting. Kids love it, and parents um, oftentimes just give in to it because it seems like it's not worth the fight. Um, Now, I'm married to Dave, who's a hospital physician, and he'll tell you that many of his patients suffer from what he calls diseases of choice. And that may sound harsh, but the truth is that many of the diseases he sees can be avoided by simple lifestyle choices. And no doubt, as adults, we own our lifestyle choices. We get to choose. But we're also responsible for our our own kids who have far less autonomy. Young kids will eat what their parents give them. And then when they get a little older, they eat what their parents let them. So we play a vital role in establishing the foundation for our son's future health. Now, rest assured, my boys are normal. They love candy, especially Levi. They love potato chips. They love all the junk food that most kids do. And I love to make them happy. And finding a healthy yet balanced approach to all of this is not easy, but I do believe that with some intention, we can give our sons the best possible foundation for their diet. And, you know, you're going to have to figure out where you fall in all this. Some parents are more extreme on the healthy side. Some are more relaxed. I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but kind of like with my own diet, I, I shoot for making the majority of their food really healthy and then having exceptions for treats here and there. So I talk a little bit more about that in this chapter. Now, at the end of this chapter, I have a link to the Mayo Clinic suggestion for caloric and nutritional needs for kids by age. So I'm going to put that link also in the show notes here. Um, But the truth is, as parents, we can make a pretty good guess at how our kids are doing. Look at your son and notice, is he lean or does he have extra body fat? Is he hungry a lot or Can you observe that he's really munching out of boredom or habit? Trust your instincts on this one and make some good, even if hard, decisions for your son's health. Now, as your son grows up, he's going to have more opportunities to make his own food choices. He's probably going to be away from you more. But I encourage you to continue to have conversations. Continue to equip him with guidelines and expectations. And just because he's more independent doesn't mean your son should be free to pick out on whatever he wants. I think it's absolutely reasonable to set some um, boundaries in the area of food choices, especially if he's using your money or um, living in your home, what he brings into your home. You can tell him what is and isn't allowed. Certainly, you'll want to be flexible and reasonable. You don't want to incite a rebellion or have him sneaking French fries in his pockets, I say here, but you do want him to respect your authority in this area. So be tough. One day he will thank you. I know my older sons, now that they're away and in college, they're making really good choices for themselves, partly because it's the way they were raised that's just become natural for them, and partly because they've realized that when they don't make good choices, they don't feel as good. Um, They catch more colds. They feel junky. Um, They've kind of discovered that when they eat healthy, they perform better both in school and in sports and just sleep better and feel better. So that's the good news. You have hope that as your kids grow up, they do start to make these connections, but when they're young, sometimes we need to help make those connections for them.
Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this week's topic. I want to pause real quick to tell you about something very cool that is now available over at the Christian Parenting website. Now, I know this is the Boy Mom Podcast, but a lot of you are raising daughters as well as sons. So this is especially for you girl moms, and if you don't have any daughters, this might be something to take note of and share with a friend who's raising girls. It is a course that is now available over at Christian Parenting called Helping Moms Raise Confident Daughters. Now, these courses were developed by Tara Matson, a licensed marriage and family therapist of over 20 years, and they're meant to help you have great one-on-one dates with your daughter each month. Now, each course includes video lessons, conversation guides, and a downloadable journal, and you can get this course in different age ranges depending on the age stage that your daughter is in. So you can find out more about the course, what's in it, check it out, and sign up over at cpguides.org. Again, that's the letter CNP, like Christian Parenting, guides.org. I know you're going to love this. What a beautiful way to grow in your relationship with your daughter while helping her build confidence in who God has created her to be. I hope you enjoy it. And now we're going to get back to today's topic. Okay, I have a whole section here called Talk About It, and this is really just the the importance of talking to our kids as they grow up, because again, they don't know these things if we don't teach them. They might take a health class in school, they might learn some things um, as part of their education, but I encourage you to use times like the dinner table to just point out, I love to point out, hey, look at our plates, what a nice rainbow we have on our plates, because color usually means uh, you're getting some healthy foods, plant-based foods, so point out the colors on their plates, help them notice things like that, bring up different conversations. Um, I used to throw out fun kind of trivia or random facts, I would say things like, oh, did you know that eating blueberries and strawberries can delay aging in your brain? Because <laughs> I just read that somewhere. I was like, isn't that interesting? Maybe that would inspire them. Or did you know that people who eat beans regularly have been shown to live longer? Well, kids love to learn fun little facts like this, and there are plenty of them online or in books if you're looking for them. So these are just great conversations to have around the house. And I think sometimes these things stick with our kids more than we realize. I also want to touch on the fact that genetics play a role in our kids' weight and body type. And usually by the time they hit about the teenage years, you're going to be able to see how your son is shaping up. And you might feel like you're doing everything you know to do, but you might have a son who you find is overweight or even obese. And I really want to be sensitive to those of you walking through this. I have friends um, who have, maybe the parents are both healthy and fit, and they're like, I don't even know what to do. Or sometimes parents themselves have struggled with their weight, either in their childhood or throughout their life. So they know how hard this can be and they don't want to handle it wrong. They don't want to put pressure on their kid, but they also want to come alongside them and help them through this and maybe find a better way to live a healthier lifestyle. And in those situations, I'm going to encourage you to come alongside your son. I mean, you're probably in the best position of anyone in his life to come alongside and just say, listen, I love you and I want to help you grow up to be as healthy as you can, to feel good about yourself and to avoid so many health issues. And yes, this is going to take... (laughs) some planning, probably some, some real thoughtfulness in how you approach it. Maybe even a counselor or somebody else, you know, is really, um, they would trust and feel good speaking into their life, but I encourage you not to avoid it altogether. 
I have one friend whose son was going into high school and he had put on quite a bit of weight and his trajectory just wasn't good. It seemed like he was continuing to gain weight and she didn't want to get stressed about it and put pressure on him, but she wanted it to help him get through this. Her son wasn't in school sports at the time, but she encouraged him to really try to turn over a new leaf. Like, listen, it doesn't have to be this way. I think you could be healthier. Let's see what we can do. And I want to support you in this. And he started taking CrossFit classes and he started to eat healthier and just eat less. And over about a year, maybe even six months, he lost a ton of weight and started feeling so good and so strong. His confidence went up. By the time he graduated from high school, he was a completely different person physically than he had been before. And he went away to college feeling so good. And so I'm really proud of my friend for handling it carefully, prayerfully, um, but for coming alongside and really encouraging him and what a difference that made in that kid's life. So hopefully that will encourage some of you. The next section I want to touch on, as with almost every chapter in this book, it seems is called Model It. And that's because, as with everything, what the way we live our life is going to be the best example and the best inspiration for our kids. When we embrace a healthy lifestyle, when we love to be active, when we fill our free time with doing things that are healthy and good for us, that is going to set the best example and probably be the things that stick with our kids most for a lifetime. Even if they don't jump up and do the things we're doing with us, later in life, they're more likely to copy that lifestyle. And so just trust me when I say that what you do and how you handle your own health and fitness really does matter. Next here, I share a little bit about my personal background. And many of you know, if you've followed me for long, that um, part of my story is that I used to have an unhealthy relationship with food, exercise, and my body image. Um, from the time I was you know, a teenager until my early 30s, I was constantly trying a new diet, and the number on the scale often determined my mood. Now, the truth is, I love health and fitness. I love healthy food. I love sports. That's always been a very authentic part of who I am. I had studied sports medicine. I was a fitness instructor and trainer, but what I hated was that I was always just kind of stuck in my own head and obsessed about all of these things. And so it was after my second son was born, I realized how much this was affecting me and my ability to be the mom and wife I wanted to be. And so I have shared online parts of my story, but I, I spent some time really committed to overcoming this and I wanted to give up dieting forever and I wanted to find a healthy way to live. And it was a big deal to me because this was a serious hang up. So through prayer and really what I know now is basic brain science. It was, it was learning to look at myself and food and my body image in a new way. And to God be the glory, I was able to find freedom and completely overcome the things that had held me back for so long and found myself at my what I considered my ideal weight. And I've stayed there for 20 years. So this was a huge thing I overcame in my life. And I talked about it in a few blog posts and online. And then I ended up self-publishing a little book really to share my journey and then to also share the steps I took for anyone else that wanted to overcome the same struggles. And I published the book before Boy Mom came out, a couple years before Boy Mom came out. And the book is titled The Secret of Your Naturally Skinny Friends. And thousands of people have found that book and lives have been changed. And I have incredible testimonials from so many people who shared how this book is different from anything they've ever read. And it has been truly life-changing. And so that's been just a fun little side thing that, again, many of you know about, but maybe some of you have no idea about. 
But just a side note on that book, right now it is on Amazon. It's available in like the digital Kindle version. But just this summer, I was notified that um, something about how they are printing books now, I need to go in and like change the fonts or something. So they're no longer printing new copies. There might be some used ones out there, but they are not printing the book until I can go in and make some changes to it. So now that I've shared this much, I'll just update you since I haven't publicly talked about it yet, but I'm, I'm really hoping in the next either months or year to um, go in and not only make the changes necessary for Amazon to print the book again, but also expand on a couple areas. It's a really short book. You could literally read it in an afternoon. So if you get it, just know it's a short read. Um, I think it has everything in it that you need if you want to find freedom in this area. But um, I also do want to change the title because though I love the title because when you read it, you'll hear the story and how I came up with that title. I do know that the word skinny isn't really something we use so much anymore. I certainly don't aim to be skinny. It was just more of a catchy title. And I know a lot of people who read the book are like, oh, I don't want my kids to see me reading a book about becoming skinny. And so anyway, we're going to change the title. There's the big news eventually. And so, but that's a big part of my story. And that's why I wanted to mention it here. And I will put a link to it in show notes in case you want to go check it out and get the Kindle version or whatever is available right now. But I am such a believer that we can overcome these things because I know if I could, anybody could. So if you or someone you know um, struggles in that area, I hope that is helpful. But with that being said, I'm so thankful that I was able to overcome these things before my boys were old enough to be affected by my issues. And boys may not have eating disorders as often as girls, but they certainly do. There are boys with eating disorders and there's also just boys who, who struggle with an unhealthy relationship with all of these things. So I'd love to encourage you to take your own relationship with food, exercise, and your body image seriously. And again, I'd love to come alongside you and help you if this is an area you struggle in. You are not alone. But I want to dive into the next section, which I love. It's called Let Them Play. And I think this is something that is important for us to be aware of. I mean, unstructured play. When kids engage in activities simply for enjoyment and recreation is so important for our boys' development. And yet for the first time ever, play is something kids don't do enough of. It used to be natural. It used to be normal part of their days. But today, researchers say kids are not getting enough playtime in. Of course, we all know that screens play a role in that, a pretty big one. Um, but there's just less and less opportunities for kids to have free time to play. Now, play isn't just about kids' physical health, though it's important for that. Play is important for social skills and for brain development. I have a list here. Um, it says it helps kids problem solve, learn and understand connections, discover acceptable ways to handle difficulty and challenges, develop self-control, learn to work in groups, share, negotiate, resolve conflict, regulate their emotions and behavior, speak up for themselves, develop productivity, and so much more. So clearly, play is super important physically, yes, but for all of those other reasons as well. But like I said, for the first time in history, kids are not playing enough. Whereas play used to be the most natural and normal part of a boy's youth, more and more schools now have reduced or completely abandoned recess and even PE due to schedule and budget cuts. And so we can't count on schools anymore to give our kids the playtime they need, um, but we need to look for opportunities throughout their days, weekends, after school. If you homeschool, you have a great opportunity to give kids time to play. And um, it's, it's crucial to learning life skills, 
And kids need to learn to entertain themselves. I know when my Levi is home alone without his brothers, it's not unusual for him to just be like, so what can we do, mom? You know, he keeps coming to me. Unless he's on a screen, it's kind of like entertain me. But I think it's so important that kids have an opportunity to learn to entertain themselves. And I know that Levi can panic when a moment of boredom hits. And I've heard this from many other people, but I agree with Andy Crouch. He's the author of The TechWise Family. I've quoted him before in this book, but he says, all creativity is found on the other side of boredom. And I've definitely seen that play out in my own home. Yes, let your son be bored. It's actually really, really good for them. Boys need to climb and explore and have unstructured, carefree hours on a rainy day to find something interesting to do, even indoors. And using their imagination is so key. You've heard my oldest son talk about his love of imagination and all of that probably started with some really boring days at home. And so give kids a chance to be bored and give kids a chance to play. Next, I talk about the importance of incorporating exercise into the rhythms of daily life. And this is really where parents can get intentional and figure out, do you want to get your kids on sports teams? If not, that's okay. There's a lot you can do. As a family, you can regularly take walks. As my boys hit their teenage years, I started to really encourage them to go jogging because the way I saw and also we live near the ocean so they could go swimming. Not everyone can do that, but maybe you have a pool nearby. But things like running and swimming are things that kids can do for a lifetime. Um, at least walking, hiking, just get outdoors and do something because it doesn't depend on a schedule or a team. Really all you need is tennis shoes or a swimsuit. And it's just one of those life skills. I, I list some other things that are also good that you can do for a lifetime. Um, things like playing tennis or now my youngest son golfs. Um, there are many kinds of activities that kids can pick up in their uh, teenage years and continue to do for a lifetime. So I encourage you to introduce your kids to a lot of those things and even make it a requirement if they're not doing sports. Now, I know that some of you are saying, well, you live in Hawaii. That's easy for you to say. But my husband and I both grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and we remember what it was like to have to bundle up or be outside in the rain. I was just recalling soccer games where you're just sliding around in the mud. And I just say, kids are tough. They can handle it. Stick them outside, get them a rain jacket, get them good shoes, but make sure that they are moving their bodies plenty. And more and more, there's some great gyms, especially on the mainland, that have things like rock walls so that they can climb. They have classes, all different things from martial arts to stretching, to swimming, to you name it. There's really no excuses. We can go online and find indoor online classes that you can take in your own living room. So let's just be proactive and intentional and make sure our kids are moving their bodies because the more they do it when they're young, the more it's a habit and a lifestyle as they grow up. Okay, before I close here, I'm just going to touch briefly on a few of the final sections in this chapter. You are welcome to get yourself right into the book to focus more on any of these because depending on what you're, what stage you're in, some of them will be more pertinent to you now than others. But I touch on hygiene. I touch on acne. I touch on sleep. And these are all things that are really important. And they're also things that we have to remember kids won't know on their own. They don't know to wash their face. They don't know to floss their teeth. They don't know how much sleep they need. That's our job as parents. And so I encourage you to... Uh, 
take a look at this part of the chapter and to consider it. If your son's younger, it may not seem super applicable, you know, how he's dealing with his acne, but that's stuff that if you teach him young, I know Levi at 12 years old, I'm really having him focus on washing his face now because he's at that age where pretty soon um, his skin's going to change, hormones are going to change, and he's going to probably start dealing with a little bit of acne. So we have an opportunity as parents to encourage our kids to come alongside them. We don't have to nag them, but we can encourage them and we can play an important role in helping them be healthy in all ways. Um, Scheduling regular checkups at the doctor is something I mentioned here. Of course, my husband's a doctor, so I'm a big believer, but I do think it's important to just check in. Sometimes there's an area you haven't thought about that a doctor might ask questions and it might be really important. They could catch something that you wouldn't think about. Uh, Sleep is huge. Friends, we've talked about it before, but just make sure there's no devices in your kids' bedrooms at night. They need their sleep to grow. They need their sleep to do well in school and sports and all of the rest. And so um, I do have another free download. I will give you a link over in the show notes to a fun list I made. I call it Boy Approved Foods, and it's just a list of our personal favorites things that we always have on hand that our boys actually like, and um, just some ideas. People reach out to me and ask, you know, what do you feed your boys? My boys just want junk food. Well, I get it. Levi would prefer junk food too, but I just give you a list here. And so I'll put a link to that. You can print it out and use it. I'm sure you can add to it. Maybe you have some ideas you could give to me as well. And then I have a reminder that in um, over on my blog, I have quite a few recipes that I've collected over the years, things that I make my family uh, most often. I need to add to that. There's a few new recipes I've been wanting to add. So um, hopefully you can get some inspiration through some of the recipes I share over on my blog. Okay, well, we covered a lot as it relates to your son's growing up to be healthy. And I would love, as I always do in these episodes, to just close with a quick prayer for you and your boys. So if you'll join with me. I'll ask a blessing. Lord Jesus, thank you for all the moms listening and all the families that they represent. And as we raise up these boys, there's so much to think about. And I pray that in this area of raising healthy sons, physically healthy sons, that you would just give us wisdom, give us discernment, help us to handle it well, help us to model well what it looks like to have a healthy relationship with food and exercise, to take care of ourselves and to be balanced, to sleep enough, and all the things that we're telling our sons they need to do. God, I pray that um, you would help us to raise up boys who are healthy and strong. And if there's an area of struggle that you would just give us insight how to best deal with it, give us the grace we need. Um, If there's somebody else we should bring in to kind of come alongside our sons, show us who that might be. God, this is such a privilege and responsibility we have to raise up these boys. And I just thank you that we get to be boy moms. God, thank you for all the listeners. I pray that you strengthen them for the tasks ahead and you encourage them and you give them perspective, help them to be able to laugh at the days to come and enjoy their boys. And God, I just pray great blessings on them in Jesus name. Amen. friends. Thanks for being here for another um, fun installment of my Boy Mom series in October. We're going to be talking about emotional health. And I know that's a topic we've covered on this podcast a few times. Uh, We've had different experts who write books about emotional health, but we got to cover the stuff that I point to in my book, and I think you're going to like it. So that'll be coming up at the end of October. And in the meantime, we have some really great episodes coming up, different interviews and a QA and a episode in a couple weeks as well. So thank you for being here. Have an amazing rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.